0: Hello, 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 Uh, and welcome again to The Truth in Real Estate and More Unscripted. I am your host, the host with the most, Keith Hadding from NC Realty Services, and I welcome you here. I also welcome your feedback, your input, your uh, suggestions, recommendations, comments, concerns, criticisms, critiques. I don't know how many words you can say for uh, jump right in. The, The water's fine. Uh, Yeah, So here we are. Uh, Everybody's asking the same question. It seems like everywhere. What's the market going to do? When's the crash? Are we in a bubble? Blah, 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 blah. Um, Okay, so I'm going to give you my answers. And um, we can start an argument or two. (laughs) But uh, let me tell you what I tell most people when we talk about the rapidly rising prices that we've experienced uh, in this past year, year and a half and um, uh, may surprise you may not you know if you think it through for starters when the um, pandemic first broke out most of the track builders kind of frozen in track in their tracks I said hey stop don't start anything new let's finish what's on the ground let's see what this pandemic's going to do to the market um, okay so you have to understand that a large percentage i I don't know the number i probably need to dig in do a little bit of research because i do talk about this a lot but you know a large number of what is sold in our marketplace is new construction from trackville especially in the market that i'm in we have a vacation area yes but we also have a a rising senior community so we have a lot of patio style homes and uh, a lot of you know uh, subdivisions designed for people senior people that kind of thing so um i don't know let's run a number out there let's say it let's say it's 80 percent of the new market in our area and all of a sudden they've stopped building because of the pandemic now that didn't happen the pandemic actually i felt like drove people to us here at the beach especially when people get on on television and say it's safer at the beach get in the water stay outside in the sun have fun frolic yeah 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 you know, the sun's vitamin D, you're probably taking that through vitamins as well, along with some zinc, maybe, and some vitamin C, some quarantine. So the, 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 the slowdown, the shutdown never happened. I I think I've told this story before, but I'll tell you, I was uh, trying to schedule an appraisal uh, on a home here locally when the pandemic first started. I called and the woman and said, can I do the appraisal without going in her house? She was really scared of the COVID and i don't blame her but uh i said well i guess i could do that if i could find some current pictures that would work you know to represent your house i probably could do that without coming in and she said well there's plenty of pictures out there for you because we've had it online i mean we've had it on the market and uh and all of our pictures are online and in the mls and all that i said okay uh why then why is it why is it you've had it on the market and why is it not on the market now and she said, Well, our realtor told us that with the pandemic, the market was gonna dry up. And so now is the time to refinance at a lower interest rate and take it and take advantage of the rates. I told her then, I said, ma'am, the first thing you gotta do is replace that realtor because her crystal balls cracked. And um, and then you need to put your house back on the market. There, there's a shortage of supply already, and your house, you know, will probably sell relatively before i can even come to appraise it you probably have it sold and uh lo and behold she put it back on the market and had an offer uh in three days and i didn't need to do the appraisal it's cost myself another job right <laughs> uh, but that's okay i mean you know you you want people to be successful in the real estate business with what they're doing so lesson learned you know that that uh Pulling, pulling the largest percentage of home builders in our market area out of the market created a false shortage in the market. You think about how many, how many thousands, hundreds of thousands of homes it takes being built every year just to handle the new volume of business that we need in this country. And we, and I say that because we have more people entering into the marketplace, right? We talked about that on my generational podcast about how each generation is getting larger and larger and although we started breaking generational names up by different groups xyz whatever um, the, the fact of the matter is if you continue to take that 10 or 15 year cycle and you did that throughout history and you just kept doing it every whatever formula you're going to use it doesn't matter if it's 10 years 15 years 20 years whatever you want to call that generational cycle what's not fair is to take a, a 15-year cycle and compare it to a 10 or a 10-year cycle and compare it to a 5 because we're continuing to grow and expand and there are more americans today than ever not to mention the influx of people coming to this country from other areas and other countries i don't know the current number again i probably should do a little research but that's the whole unscripted part about my podcast I want to provoke some ideas make maybe get some other people to dig in and do a little research but at one time I knew the number was 750,000 new homes a year required just to maintain the balance so uh, so you need this large number of houses so when you take a track builder somebody who's you know building hundreds of homes a year and they just stop and take a break it's like trying to get a freight freight train started with a hundred cars behind it. You know, they're they're chugging along trying to get things going, but it's just you know, just takes time to make up for that that time that they were shut down. I know there are probably and I haven't spoken to owners of these big large track builders, the DR Hortons, the Andersons, you know, those those kind of people, and I'm not picking on them, I'm just they came off the top of my head. The um uh, Yeah, I'm sure they could tell you that, you know, it took a toll on their business and industry to have to pause like that and then try to get started again. So get your crystal ball out and look and see when they do start going, getting cranked up and are able to put out product again at a regular basis like they were before. The housing shortage is going to quickly disappear and we're going to flip from being a seller's market back over to a buyer's market so there's your crystal ball reading right there how long is it going to take these big players to get their inventory back up i know right here around me literally across the street from where i'm sitting right now they're putting 300 houses in but they're just in the clearing of the lot and developing the land stages and who knows it's probably going to be a year before we see the first house ready but once they are they're going to they're going to inject 300 new homes right here I know of three or four major projects in this county, a county with no metro area. So I can imagine what it's like around Wilmington or around Myrtle Beach or any of the larger metro areas that are that are growing their suburbs and uh, and growing them in you know in, by leaps and bounds. But it's going to take time. So once that happens, then the market's going to shift and flip. Probably it's going to feel like. That it'll, ha- that it'll happen very quickly. I don't think it'll be something where where we'll see it a year down the road, unless you're looking at that year right now. So, so there's the answer to what the economy, in my opinion, is going to do uh, and when we're gonna see the next transition or the next change. Now, um, how do I come about this? I, I, let's answer the other big question on your mind. Our price is going to come back down. The the only way I see prices coming back down are there to be a, is there to be a correction in the market, which we do have corrections periodically, and the last correction was a recession. So we don't really want to see the recession. We don't want to see people in trouble and hurt. Um, so so the answer is no. I don't anticipate seeing prices come back down because you already know I've said I expect the market hold pretty to hold pretty strong and steady this year and and beyond I don't I don't see the end in sight and I know the Fed is talking about raising interest rates and rates are beginning to rise but that might change what a buyer buys instead of buying the $500,000 house they might buy a $400,000 house but it's not gonna stop them from buying because people are buying because they're either entering into the market for the first time or they're transitioning. Maybe a job has changed locations. Or, you know, there's any number of, of different reasons if family size or character has changed. All of these things prompt, uh, typically prompt uh, a transition in the home and it needs to happen. Now listen, you don't get hurt buying and selling in the same market, okay? if if the market is up like it is now a seller's market sellers are getting more for their property and they're going to have to pay more to buy the next one the reason the rich get richer is because some of them can afford to buy when it's a buyer's market and wait to sell until it's a seller's market that's that's the advantage people have when they don't when they don't have to just deal with one house i I got i'm going to sell here but i've got to be able to buy over here so i'm going to go look over here me out of house but i'm not going to buy it until i make this sale over here they're not going to get hurt by that they're going to be in the same market trends you know you're going to get hurt when you have to pay too much for the house and then the, then then the market would decline from a recession or a correction and then they can't sell the house until they build back up some appreciation that's where people get hurt now okay with that said we're, we're still on the recovering stage from the recession we we're, we're recovering from a recession and the pandemic. The recovery from the pandemic is getting builders back on track to build. Now, there's some h- hiccup in that in the sense that some types of materials are, sh- are a shortfall. Right? I just spoke to a builder that's got a couple subdivisions he's working on. He's getting houses to the point to do his mechanical rough-ins, and he doesn't have the material he needs or his contractors don't have the materials they need to do the HVAC okay so they have to wait and then they've got to get those products they can't just move beyond that you can't close up the walls and not have the stuff you need in it or the ceilings etc so so there's some of that taking place um, as well because the market has remained so strong and people have continued to buy in most market areas and you have some shortage of materials appliances have been a challenge some manufacturers i've heard have had problems with uh, producing windows and doors, some of them, some of the manufacturing facilities switched over to doing, you know, product and equipment for the COVID, for the pandemic. And so they're the same way. They've got to not only turn around and transition back into their business, but they've got to get that backlog, you know, handled. They got to get caught back up and and get things cranked down and have a, a supply out there available for the builders that need their product. So so as the as they do, as we begin to get the supply handled, or the demand handled with supply, and get some excess in the marketplace, then all of this feverish, I gotta hurry up and buy because you know somebody else will get it. Stuff will stop. It'll become more of a buyer's market, and you'll be able to take a little more time and and uh, and, and research and do your due diligence to be able to make the right decision on your next home purchase. I know because I'm sitting here every day. I literally have a lot a house on my lot that I could deliver uh, almost immediately in just a, sh- a short period of time because we've already built the house It's sitting here. And uh, they changed colors and styles and features on the house at the, at the manufacturing facility after we had ordered this house. So when we received it, we just immediately put it on the market for sale and we'll order the more current model with the newer decors and that kind of thing to go on our display centers we tend to try to keep them uh, for quite a good uh, four five six years sometimes so um, if they stay current so uh, as the supply catches back up uh, to the demand then then the market will shift over become a buyer's market again and it'll be uh, more of what people are accustomed to and whether more of what they know so that's kind of the market um, did I miss something the gray inventory, let's talk about gray inventory. We'll talk gray inventory. We're talking about people who are behind on their home mortgages. The gray inventory are uh, extremely high numbers again. And uh, it's not a bubble that we're in by any means. That wasn't the reason we had the recession last time, although it certainly was a, a knockout punch to some people, uh, the double whammy. But uh, our, our banks and lenders have learned a little bit from the recession that they can't just take their foreclosures and just dump them in the market, that they have to be a little more strategic about their placement of homes in the market and how they're going to move or liquidate um, that property. There are some companies that do a really good job with their foreclosure inventory, and some of them are still trying to learn the new way of life. But we saw in the recession where they just dumped a lot of houses in the market as foreclosures or left them sitting there vacant and unattended and they started to have an impact on the value numbers of the rest of the homes. You know, when you go into a subdivision and there's 10 houses that are, in there that are, are foreclosures, A, they're part of the competitive uh, pricing structure, right? You've got to think, hey, I can buy a foreclosure and do a little bit of work on it and be, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars below what it'll take for me to buy the ready-to-move-in house down here. Those people that feel like they have some of the ability to do that are going going to do that a lot of the time and so then they then they buy the house and they bought the house below market value uh, and so it, it becomes a comparable in our historical information so people say well you, you can't use a, uh, a distressed house on on a you know standard um, house or a purchase or refinance uh, who says <laughs> I mean, you know, it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, it's probably a duck, there's 10 in this neighborhood and and they're gonna be the first 10 to sell. It's gonna impact the person who's trying to put their house on the market in that same subdivision. They're gonna have to be house number 11. So if I don't know how your realtors do you, but if I'm doing a, a presentation to somebody, on listing their house, I, I bring a lot of market data to the table and I show them what's in their subdivision and in the immediate area that are similar Um, you know, bedroom counts, bathroom counts, styles, price ranges, those kind of things. And I ask them, where where does your house fit? If I lay these 10 pictures out on your coffee table here, where does your house slide into this at? Because I'm always going to make sure I have some that are nicer and better and more expensive. And I'm going to make sure I have some that are not. And I'm trying to get the, the seller to understand realistically where their house should fit. And then if I do the numbers and of course, get a copy of my book. All this is in my book. But if, the, if you do the numbers and you say, you know, that subdivision is average in selling four houses a year, you've got to be in the top four if you're going to sell your house in that first year. Or maybe you get lucky and, and the market bumps up and six houses sell that year. you still got to be in that top six or your house is going to sit on the market. That's why when you look at houses in a subdivision, quite often you'll find a few of them. That have been on the market for a much longer period of time, The houses are turning over and selling in say 30 days, and yet you've got a couple of houses and they've been on the market for, you know, 300 days, and you go, what's up with that? Well, they haven't positioned themselves to be in the current selling mode, and so they get they keep getting overlooked and overlooked. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with the house; it could be overpriced, could be part of it. It could be that there's some repair items that that they didn't, the sellers don't want to fix, but buyers are afraid of, and might indicate there are other things going on there. But whatever the reason is, they're getting passed over. Those houses, that one or two stale houses are not changing. They're still there. New houses are coming on the market, and they're becoming more attractive, and they're selling faster, and that buyer's still sitting there. And so they need to really sit back down with their realtors They should have already done it multiple times. I would say you need to be talking about it, On a regular basis, regular might be weekly for you, regular might be monthly for you, but whatever that is, you need to have some conversation about what the strategy and the game plan is in the marketing. And I do appraisals and quite often my team and I will put a comment in there when we're talking about uh, forecasting the the sale or looking at exposure time. and, And we certainly use the comment that it depends on the marketing as well. So it's not just a matter of price. It's oftentimes how was the house marketed in the first place? You oftentimes just see somebody who raises their price on the house and it sells. What's that all about? Well, it, it got exposure and it got put probably in the right bracket or price range. For the Listen, if I'm looking for a $200,000 house, I'm not out there looking at $300,000. I know realtors want to show you 300000 and they want to think they can no- negotiate that thing down and get you to come up some and get them to come down some and You know you buy all the house you can buy that's a really liberal approach to that ideology i'm more conservative than that i think you buy within your budget and anticipate what your budget's going to look like tomorrow not just today young people it's easy they they know they're going to get pay raises and job changes and make more money and you know they feel really confident when they're in the workplace they could buy all the house they could afford today and 10 years from now they're going to look back and think their payment's too easy But just the opposite could happen recession could come in values could drop they could lose a job we saw that happen in the last recession and a lot of people get to the situation where i've got to walk away from the house i don't have any choice my hands are tied in order for me to do what's best for my family and survive this in the end i've got to move on and so that happens and there is gray inventory out there there's enough out there probably to keep our our fix and flip people happy um but The fix and flip market's changing a little bit too. There are other opportunities out there, as well. You've got companies that'll just do a straight purchase, uh, you know, a Redfin company something like that. They're going to come in and just give you a cash offer, and uh, and make it a very quick sale for people. And and so they're a big player in the market today. Of course, you have the big major real estate companies trying to uh, look at their crystal ball every day and help you figure out what what you need to do to uh, buy sell trade or invest in real estate today again if you if you have to do one house when when you buy and you sell it's not going to hurt you if you could afford to um, to hold off from buying when the market is in a frenzy like that you can do that but listen i'm going to run over my time but this is important in case i haven't said this before and you haven't heard this if if we take the corrections and the recessions out of our market we don't even have to go back very far let's just start in the year 2000 and start looking at average trending in the marketplace and if you'll remember right up to that depending on where you're at in the country 2005 678 it really it really was a wave across the country not a light switch kind of event and but if no matter how where you're at if you take that 2000 and you look at your your price margins and the rise and increase in, in property values and and cost to purchase, right up to the recession we continued to rise 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 and then all of a sudden bang we had a pretty big sizable recession and values went down and things got a market adjustment when we hit the bottom and we turned around and started coming back up we have not long probably in the last six months maybe three have we passed the 2005 numbers okay so if we had not had that recession or correction we would have been considerably higher today than we actually are so when you say are the numbers going to come back down well only if we get a correction or a recession otherwise it always climbs listen that's part of the program it's part of the process that makes america so strong and great as it is property values continue to rise it's a great investment for buyers you buy a house pay two hundred thousand dollars for it you live in it 10 years you sell it for 250 you know after expenses you made some good equity in there. You can move up in-house or you can enjoy life a little bit, put some money back in retirement, whatever, right? Let's look at the bigger picture. Your mortgage broker out there is packaging all these sales together. He's putting them on the market. It's being sold in there. Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, Jenny Mae, Jenny Mac. They get them on the market, okay? Then the market people that are buying are buying because their investment's guaranteed. They have insurance on that package of, lo- of loans. They're guaranteed. They can't lose money. That keeps investors wanting to come to the table to buy. So we have an unlimited supply of money in the marketplace to build houses with. Now whether your bank will give it to you as a builder, that's another story but but it's it, the, the money's there because they put this million dollar package. they sell it, they get their million dollars back, they do the next package. It's just a constant cycle. buy, sell, buy, sell buy, sell from the banks. They're not really buying and selling houses, they're buying and selling money, right? Buying and selling money. That's how they look at it. Take this package, take it in the market. We get a bunch of money. We get to slice off our piece of points or interest, however you want to call it, to slice off their piece to keep it, but they still have that access to that million dollars to put the next six homes, 10 homes, 12 homes, whatever, together, depending on their price market. That's how the, that's how the market works. When the market goes the opposite way and values are declining, uh, packages are not doing as well, insurance companies are having to pay, in if the whole wheel comes to a halt at times slows down that's really what our recession was all about anyways you, you, you know the packages went bad and the insurance companies went out and and lo and behold you're, you're saying okay now who's going to buy who's going to buy if there's all this risk involved it's one of the few places you can go and have little or no risk in, in an investment but you know you got to have deep pockets you got to be the bill gates the warren Buffetts, the people like that to really capitalize on that's how, that's why they make all the money they make Give me a hundred million dollars, watch what I turn it into. <laughs> I'd buy into those same kind of you know low risk, high reward kind of investments and it and it floats the boat. So that's the process. You want to buy low and sell high, and again, you can't get hurt in the same market, so don't let it scare you off of going out and buying. You know, the bigger thing that should scare you is you're gonna sit around and wait until you lose these great interest rates. That's a little bit scarier. You know, because the Fed controls the interest rates to help the government in a lot of different areas. And right now they're all talking about it helping with the inflation problem that we're having. But, um, you know, I've sold homes before when the interest rates were, you know, double digits in the, in the high teens. And so, um, again, people still have to buy houses. They still have to have some place to live. But maybe instead of buying that really big fancy house that they'd love to have as a dream home, They may have to start off with something a bit smaller. Shoot, I did. My wife and I moved into a single wide when we got married. And then we traded up and we got into a double wide. Then we then we built a modular. You know, I'm in I'm in a three-story executive townhome now. I mean I'm winding down at my age. So um, you know, it's it's it was a it was a great run and a great experience in in each step and each level. Uh, but that's the process. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of our young people today that I see coming in the door are looking to start off with mom and dad's house. They don't realize what mom and dad went through to get that house. And it doesn't really matter how many zeros are at the end of the number if your salary is commensurate with it. That's the, that's the real challenge we have. I know you're getting into politics now, but, but in our, our salaries are not inflating at the same rate that the grocery stores inflation, and buying homes and cars and paying for insurances and you know, business expenses and all that. So. You know, to me, that's what Make America Great is all about, again, is making it where uh, both parties, the family, don't have to work just to make ends meet. Two parties working so that they can get ahead is great. But to just be able to survive and, and, and you know, make ends meet, make just pay the bills and keep the lights on, uh, you know, that's sad. <laughs> it's depressing to think about. When people are in those kind of situations all right so i'm way over my time I, I hope i gave you some kind of useful information out there because i hear so much talk in the marketplace and um, you know i, I don't want to get in too deep i just want to try to give you enough information to help you in your day-to-day life uh, and if you're in the market to buy sell trade or invest in real estate or you know somebody who is we always welcome a referral here at nc realty services again my name is keith Hanning. Uh, tickle to death that you're listening to this and feel free to chime in. You know, even if it's weeks after that I made the recording, go ahead. Give me your comments. We'll we'll restoke the fire in a few weeks and talk about it again Uh, or do a recording on here and I'll be glad to post it on a video and do a video of information around that, around those comments. So uh, share and share alike. We're better together. So again, Keith Hadding, NC Realty Services. Until the next time we get to hear each other, Um, be safe and be blessed. Thank mm-hmm. you.